0: Is it really possible to leave your residency and have a successful career? What are some strategies on figuring out what you want out of your life and your career? Learn the answers to these questions and many more on this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Before we get into the show, here's a quick message from Physician Financial Services, a business widely recognized in the physician community for disability insurance. Lawrence B. Keller, CFP, has been in the insurance and financial service industry since 1990. Unlike medicine, which has a standardized path that physicians must take to gain the education, training, and experience requirements necessary to obtain board certification, the insurance and financial services industry does not. While he might not be a doctor's first phone call regarding their insurance needs, he is often their last. Find Larry at doctorpodcastnetworkcom slash Larry Keller or at the link in the description of the show. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique
1: issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to
0: come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey, everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. For my returning listeners, thank you so much. For my new listeners, welcome, because today... Like on every episode, I'm bringing you the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to talk about issues relating to the early career physician. Today, we have a good friend of mine, Dr. Chelsea Turgeon. She's a former OBGYN who left her medical career during residency to travel the world and work remotely. She now works as a career coach, helping burnt-out healthcare workers pivot out of clinical medicine. Using her signature method, the Career Fulfillment Formula, she helps her clients find a financially stable career they truly enjoy. Well, without further ado, let's bring Chelsea on. Hey,
1: everybody. Uh, my name is Andrew Tisser. I'm an emergency physician. I'm the host of the Talk to Me Doc podcast, and I am a career strategist for physicians. And I have my good friend Chelsea here with me today. And do you want to introduce yourself, Chelsea?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I met Andrew through LinkedIn, um, and we've connected because we have very similar, like, ideologies on all of this um, physician career stuff. So I am a former OBGYN. I left during um, my OBGYN residency like two years in and actually decided to start traveling the world. And now I've built up my own online business um, as a coach. And I'm starting to pivot into the healthcare space to help people who are ready to leave healthcare, um, but feel like scared and don't know how to go about doing it.
1: That uh, certainly takes a lot of guts to leave residency. Uh, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people think about doing it, but uh, actually doing it, that's, uh, that's certainly brave of you. How did you finally come to that decision that you were ready to go to leave?
2: Yeah, so one thing that I did, which I really recommend if you are having doubts or if you're not sure, is I organized with my program director to take a leave of absence from the hospital, Um, And I don't think I would have been able to have like the space and clarity to make that decision if I was still in the hospital going through like the everyday grind. You don't, you're just so busy and so exhausted. You don't have time to really think or reflect on life. Um, So that was huge. I was able to take five weeks totally off and really just gather my thoughts and to a place of clarity. So I think getting some space away from the hospital was helpful Um, and yeah, just feeling like, that was the right decision for me. It's kind of hard to explain because logically it didn't make any sense. <laughs> it was like, why would you leave residency? <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? You're going to go be an English teacher in South Korea? Like, it literally didn't make sense. But um, I just had this sense, this, like, feeling of clarity that this is what I needed to do. I needed to leave and I needed to start pursuing things that really light me up.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So um, today's session, we're going to talk a little bit about um, how it's okay to not feel okay uh, when you start having mm-hmm. doubts about your medical career. And now that could be as early as medical school. Um, that could be in residency, like you. That could be post residency. Uh, you could be ten years out um, and have doubts about your medical career, right? Uh, so I think the first point we wanted to make is that it is okay to have these doubts, right? Because on paper. We should be happy, um, we're successful. We generally have well-paying jobs. Uh, doctors are at the perceived top of the food chain by the public, even though maybe that's not so. Um, but uh, so, how you know? I, I see a lot of people start saying that. Well, I've spent all this time. Um, how am I going to just throw it away? I spent all this time and money, right? So I think that's that's the first point I want to address, and mm-hmm. maybe you could talk about that. a little
2: yeah, I know. That's such a good point because, yeah, I think that's a big, a big issue that I see with people who are starting to feel doubts is, like, not even being able to acknowledge them because it is such an unsettling experience. And it is so scary to even <laughs> think, like, just like you said, we, we spend so much time and energy training to be doctors. We, most of us sacrifice, like, our 20s, our youth, like, in the hospital. We sacrifice weekend trips and, and things that our other friends get to do. You know, during med school, during grad school, med school is grad school, <laughs> during med school, um, during residency, like there's all these things we sacrifice. And then to think about, well, I don't love this as much as I thought I would to give it all up. Like, that's really scary. But your doubts don't necessarily have to mean that you, you need to throw everything away and totally start over. Right. That doesn't have to be what it means. Um, but I think it is important to acknowledge them. So I think of your doubts as like messengers in a sense. I think of all emotions like that. So all emotions are valid and they all have something to tell you. And so it's important to just listen to them and see like what is going on. And there, there could be several different things that it means. It could mean that that you need to just strengthen your conviction, like strengthen your why. Like why did you go into medicine in the first place? Sometimes that's all it really needs. is you need to – Get really clear on your motivation and why you're doing that and and having that kind of come to Jesus moment about like, why am I doing all of this? And just really strengthening into that and remembering, oh, yeah, like I really want to do this to help people in this way and just connecting to that. Um, And that's helpful. But if we just ignore our doubts and we just suppress them or we don't acknowledge them, they're going to just keep building and leading to more discontent. And so I think it's important to just look at them and acknowledge them and start to get curious about what they could mean.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you start talking about the sunk cost fallacy, right? It's an economic term for those that aren't familiar with it, It's that you've spent this much money or you spent this much time training then you have to continue it or you've lost all this time. But it's a fallacy, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, in economics or uh, in medical training or in our careers, um, what's come before doesn't predict the future. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you could certainly leave uh, medicine and pursue your passions and travel the world like Chelsea has done. Uh, I myself still practice medicine, but in a different way. Uh, so there's lots of pathways and, and people I talk to all the time often want to way out, but don't have any kind of vision as to what that out would be. Uh, they just know mm-hmm. that they don't like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next thing I wanted to touch on is that uh, especially early in, in our careers, we get a lot of It'll get better. That's just the way it is, right? Uh, yeah. I especially heard that all the way through. So I started having doubts in medical school, and uh, mm-hmm. it was always like, "Oh well, you know, it'll get better, okay." And then you get to residency, and residency is is the uh, the hell that it is. And um, mm-hmm. oh, when you're out there, it'll get better. But then you get out there, uh, and oftentimes it's not better. Um, yeah. And but you're still hearing that, right? So like even some of my colleagues when I was a first year attending uh would be like, oh, you're too young to be burnt out. Like, don't worry about it. It'll get better. You know, your mm-hmm. first year out sucks, right? Um, But that's not helpful, right? So that's, uh, if you're having doubts about your career, assuming it will get better, Um, what are you doubting? Uh, what is making you upset? Mm-hmm. And maybe that won't get better, right? So uh, maybe you could talk about the whole, like, it'll get better kind of
2: phenomena that we see. Yeah, yeah, oh my God, so many things. I wanna go back to the sunk cost thing too, but also the delayed gratification piece, that is huge. And I think that is something we do to rationalize away our doubts. So that's a way of ignoring our doubts. It's just like another form of not listening to them because we're not taking the time to say, okay, well, what what does suck about right now? And what does that mean? And what like what's really going on? We're not really looking at that. We're just saying, well, it's fine. It's supposed to suck right now. It'll get better later. And so it's just kind of kicking it down the road. um, And it's just another way of ignoring and like suppressing those doubts. Um, And so yeah, delayed gratification is something I see with so many people and I did it myself. I think we all do it. And it's a huge part of medical training, especially is that we keep telling ourselves it'll get better when, but it's, that's just living in the future, Right, like if you're always looking for the future, and we like we do this in so many areas. Like, I'll be happy when the pandemic is over, or I can relax when I pay back my debts. When those feelings, all those things you're after, those are available to you now. You don't have to wait to feel any certain way. You don't have to delay things in the future. And and it's also like I don't know. It's like a form of insanity in a sense, because like how do you even know like if you're going to get to the future? You don't. Um, One thing, another thing I like to tell people who are doing that delayed gratification is to just take a look at the people who are ahead of you down the road, right? So that's, and that's what I did. Um, Because I was, you know, people would tell me, it'll be better when you're not attending, just wait, Um, just make it through residency, just finish. And then i was looking at the attendings and i was like i don't think they're happier i think they're more stressed cuz they have so much more pressure on them right they have to be the ones who make that decision like to call an emergency c section or not and and they all have like bags under their eyes and they there's just more stress and so i looked at them and i was like i don't think that's where i want to be um that doesn't seem better to me and for us for some people it might be better but For me, I was, you know, in medicine, at least it's really linear where you can look ahead and easily see, okay, that's going to be me in 10 years if I continue on this path. And so, I mean, you can even like talk to them, like, what, what is this like for you now? How is this compared to residency? What are the, you know, like, what are the pros and cons of where you're at? But I think that's a powerful tool. And then also just, yeah, not using delayed gratification to totally suppress or ignore your doubts.
1: Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I think... You know, on on one on one hand, I think I would caution people too. you know, on one hand, you can ask people that you work with what mm-hmm. their lives are like. Right. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, you also have to realize that within each specialty, there's about a million different ways you can practice, too. Right. Yes, so yes. Uh, if uh, if those people are really unhappy, perhaps it's because of their practice environment, the way mm-hmm. their schedule works, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree. I mean, the people I used to talk to uh, when I was living in Chicago after residency. I mean they were 50 60 years old doing half the weekends in the ER half the nights of the month mm-hmm. working their holidays etc so that there's no seniority in emergency medicine generally speaking right so that mm-hmm. that never gets better right yeah. <laughs> So yeah. um, that uh, you know that that kind of exercise is helpful but mm-hmm. i mean i think it's it's helpful to talk about as well as to uh what do you hate right because mm-hmm. That is a very powerful exercise, right? Mm -hmm. What do you like versus what do you hate? You'd be like, well, I hate practicing medicine. Okay, well, that's not (laughs) possible. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Do you you hate um, being in the clinic? Do you hate Mm -hmm. dealing with insurance companies? Do you hate, you know, whatever it may be, um, rather than this sucks, I hate it all, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 100%. No, like the more specific you can get, the better. And that's one thing I always try to challenge my clients to do is like, well what about that? Even if it sounds obvious, right? Even if you're saying like, "Well, I hate the hours." Okay, what about the hours do you hate? Do you hate that there are they're so long? Do you hate that during those hours you don't get any time to yourself? Do you hate that like the hours are during key socializing hours? Like do you hate that they're, they're on the weekend? And so really drilling down, even if at on the surface level it seems like, "Of course I hate the hours." Like getting even more specific and challenging yourself to like go deeper on what do you hate?
1: well right i was talking to somebody the other day who um who said she just hated everything about it uh and then when we got into it when we started doing some of this stuff it's she hated not being with her family Mm -hmm. at night and she (gasps) hated not being with her family on the weekends but Mm -hmm. she didn't hate being a doctor she actually liked practicing medicine Mm -hmm. which is like an aha moment to some people right because they don't I don't want everybody to leave. I want somebody to take care of me when I'm older, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I want sorry. people to stay in medicine um, if if they like to do it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, what what do you like versus what do you hate? What do you tell people? You know, I get this one a lot too. Is like, I don't know what I want to do. I just don't want to do this. Like, I have no mm-hmm. idea about where to stop. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure you get that every day. I know yeah. I do. Yeah. But, uh, what, you know, what, where do you start with people like, I'm unhappy I'm having doubts about this as a life, mm-hmm. but I know nothing else, mm-hmm. right? You spent your twenties and your early thirties doing this. I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. I have no skills.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think first it's important to acknowledge that like, like the, the not this phase is really important because a lot of people have trouble even getting there, even admitting that they're unhappy and they want to change. Um, so acknowledging that you're in the not this phase, that's awesome. <laughs> that's a good place to start. Um, And a lot of times, yeah, people say, I don't know, I don't know. But they get so stuck in their I don't know-ness that it doesn't leave room for clarity. And so our words are really powerful. Um, One just like really small technique I have people do is like stop saying I don't know and just add a yet to the end of it. Like, I don't know yet. (laughs) And that sounds so simple, but it really opens up room for possibilities. And it opens up room for you knowing in the future And then I have people drill down on what they don't like about where they're at, like we just talked about, and then just flip it, (laughs) like, like what is the opposite of that thing? Like, I don't like not being with my family on the weekends. Okay, so what do you want? I want to be with my family on the weekends. Great. (laughs) So you make a list of all of those things, and it sounds so simple, but I think what people freak out about is they think they have to go from, I don't, I don't know, they think they have to go from knowing they don't want to do medicine to figuring out the exact next career step that they're going to do. Like they need to figure out their exact next job and start applying for it like tomorrow, but it's just a process. So like to allow room for that process and to be like, we're going to just start to chip away at the clarity and we're going to get there. Um, but it doesn't just happen automatically. So I think when people say they don't know, there's a lot of things they do know. They just don't know exactly how they're going to start making money doing something else.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's imperative, right? It, it's these little exercises seem so stupid, right? For, for the people that are listening, they're like, okay, of course, that makes sense. But uh, it really, uh, it is really helpful. And it really helps a lot of people. You know, I like one, um, you know, what is the worst possible job you could think of? Like, what What is, like, imagine hell for a, your daily hell in a job. And then they start talking, right? And then people start telling me what their hell is. and It's the same thing, right? And then they'll mm-hmm. flip it, right? So mm-hmm. the, And then on the opposite side, and and sometimes I like to take people out. I was like, let's leave reality for just like five minutes. Yeah. And maybe this job doesn't exist, but maybe certain aspects of it do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can get there. But uh, yeah, and especially the language thing I really like. Uh, instead of I don't know, I don't know yet, or I don't mm-hmm. know, but I'm working on figuring it out, um, yeah, you yeah. know. It, it's it, it's interesting that you call it the I don't know phase because you know I agree with that and I've said that before as well and then we move on to the research phase right what what mm-hmm. do I know um, mm-hmm. but yeah those are those are great they're great little exercises which is really the importance of a coach right <laughs> because yeah you were like oh I could do that you know I could sit there and figure out what I don't like but you don't, <laughs> people but you don't, don't. Do it.
2: yeah people don't yeah <laughs> And, and I think like what you said, the one of like, let's leave reality for a minute. I think that's really important, too, because we put these like mental boxes and constrictions around like what we think is possible. And, and that can block our clarity, too. Like that can keep us if we're automatically dismissing things and putting filters on things like, well, I can't do that because that's not realistic. And so then we put all these filters on it. That keeps us from figuring out what we want, because we're dismissing everything before it even really comes up as a potential option.
1: Sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, The the other thing I'd like to say also is um, that you may not agree, not you personally, but people may not agree with me that it is kind of a blessing in disguise to be a doctor and be dissatisfied with their career at at present and know that, Mm -hmm. in a sense, is that you may not quit residency and go travel the world like Chelsea did, but you have an income, right? So you you are currently making money. You may hate it, but that income affords you the time to research other possibilities, right? That that allows you to not be like, I have no job. I need to do something to pay the bills. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes people need to just do what you did. Uh, but you know, at the same time, you have you have an income. You have the time. Spend the time and find something great. Don't just leave one job you hate for another job you hate
2: yeah yeah I think that's important too is like no at least knowing what you're doing with that like sometimes like for me I, I couldn't just hang out in residency while I was figuring out what I wanted to do because just the demands of training it's like you really need to be in that you don't want someone who's in residency yeah. who's like halfway there and looking up other options and so for me it was like yeah I needed to leave residency but then I needed to get another job right away. Cause I needed income. And, but I knew that job was temporary. I was teaching English in South Korea and that job gave me the time to explore my other options. And so, yeah, I think it's like knowing there's going to be an exploring phase. I think leaving room for that. And that's a huge, I think that's a huge issue too. It's cause like people feel like I'm unhappy. I don't want to do this, but they don't really have the patience or like the, um, they're not able to sit with the discomfort of not knowing exactly what's next for them.
1: Well, because we're just Type A creatures as a whole, <laughs> and there's been a linear path this entire time, right? Yeah. So you went to college, you went to med school, and then you went to residency, and then you got a job. But now you hate the job, so you want to know what the next step is. You're like, maybe yeah. you got to try some stuff. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, like try, like making an experiment. Like you what did you call it? Like the ex- research phase. Yeah, yeah. it's like researching, experimenting, like you can, it doesn't have to be this like really serious, intense, like, I don't know, like everything has to be the thing. Um, It can just be like dating, like you're dating around and you're trying to figure out what the right option is for you. You don't have to like try to marry the first person you go on the date with.
1: Absolutely. I agree. So, you know, what do you say to people that were in your position now that that are residents right now, Mm -hmm. you know, because certainly a portion of it is just residency is terrible, right? I I mean, I think there's a large portion of, you know, how many times did I want to quit a residency? You know, countless. Um, Would I be unhappy if I did at this point? Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. so um, how do you weigh the difference between just the circumstance of residency Mm -hmm. sucking Mm -hmm. versus I really, you really need to quit, you know, and obviously if you're in like a really abusive residency or mm-hmm. something like egregious, that's certainly a different, uh, thing we're not mm-hmm. talking about. But as far as just like the general demands of residency mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, lifestyle design and what you want to do and career design for the rest of your life, how do you, how do you tell the difference?
2: Yeah. So it's, it's so individual, right? And I can't tell for someone else, but I can try to ask them questions to help them figure out for themselves. Um, but I think a huge thing, there's kind of like two things. It's like kind of figure, reflect on why did you go into medicine in the first place? What were your real motivations for that? Um, and where did that come from? So for me, when I did that, I realized I didn't go into medicine for the right Reasons. And I didn't know that at the time. We're so young when we make those decisions. I was 20 years old when I got into medical school. But for me, it was like, I'm good at science. I make good grades. I want to wear a white coat. I watched Grey's Anatomy when I was younger. Like, (laughs) like, kind of ridiculous things. It was just like, it was just an achievement for me. Um, I just wanted to achieve. And I really, like, that's all in hindsight. I did not know that while I was going through it. I was like, oh yeah, this is a noble profession. I want to help people. That still stands. Um, I wanted to help people and I liked science and I was smart. So that was kind of a really superficial way of, or superficial reasons for why I decided to go into medicine. And so when I was looking into that and going back to my why, there was nothing there. (laughs) Like, I was trying to motivate myself as to like, okay, you know, this is really hard. This is this is taking up a lot of like mental energy. This is taking up a lot of time. This is like a really intense challenge for like residency. Why am I doing this, right? Like, why am I putting myself through this? And I just kept coming up short. There wasn't a strong enough why. So it's like a, you know, a tree with not, there's not deep enough roots. It's, it's just not gonna stand through those really tough times. Um, and so I think that's really important is to go back to your why. Um, and then also to look ahead to like, what do you see for yourself as a doctor? like what kind of practice do you see for yourself? Like, you know, do you see yourself going to this private practice, kind of working in a part-time setting? Like, do you have, are you just really trying to make it through residency? And you do see a a real light at the end of the tunnel. And then, you know, it's like, you know, Mark Manson, he talks about like your shit sandwich where like everything sucks some of the time. You just have to decide like, what's the suck you're willing to handle. Um, And so if you can really look at it and say, okay, this is hard, but I'm determined. I have a really pure like, motivation. I have a really clear why and I, I can get through this. I'm going to do this. Um, I didn't have either of those. I didn't have a good why as to why I went in, in the first place. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, the only thing I kind of liked was practicing in clinic and helping people like counsel people with birth control. But it, that was just, it wasn't super stressful to do that. So thats It's not like I really sure. liked it. I just didn't hate it. So, So yeah, I think, <laughs> I think those are kind of the two things I would have people do is to go deep on both of those things. Like, why did you want to go in in the first place? What do you see for yourself in the future? Is that enough for you to kind of go through this temporary period? Also, you know, it doesn't have to be black or white. Like, you quit residency and travel the world or you, like, stay in residency. Like you said, there's other options of, like, maybe you need to change residencies. Maybe you're in a really big program and you need to be in a smaller program maybe you need to change specialties. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different areas in between, but I think going into your why is really helpful.
1: And as with everything, right. I think mm-hmm. that's where, that's where the, the whole career change starts as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So what, what is your, what, what are your core values and what is your why for
2: mm-hmm. anything?
1: Um, mm-hmm. because otherwise, how are we going to figure out what you want to do if you don't know what makes you tick? Yep. Um, so I think that's, that's a great point. Yeah. The, um, yeah. I think that there's a big portion of it. I think there's somewhere along in like the second or third year of it, you know, depending on the length of your residency, I think everyone kind of goes through this existential crisis of, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but again, is that something you're willing to weather or, mm-hmm. or not? And, you know, as a general rule, I don't want people to quit residency because that could, that's, uh, that's one of those gatekeeper things. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. um, if you cross go, it's kind of hard to come back. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. but, but if that's right for you, that's okay too. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the purpose of this session, right. Is to, is to empower docs and other health professionals to understand that it's okay to have doubts, right. Just because you make a good salary or you're in a career that's supposed to have prestige or whatever, yeah. um, yeah. doesn't mean that you can't hate it. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> Yeah. And maybe other maybe mom doesn't understand, right? Or maybe like yeah. your your neighbor doesn't understand. But um a lot of us go through this and a lot of a lot of docs are feeling this right now and look at especially with COVID and everything, um, looking looking for a for a change or an escape. So um we talked about the why. You know, I just wanna maybe give some people some like actionable steps if they're mm-hmm. they are starting to feel this way, right? So mm-hmm. um we start thinking about your why as to why you got into medicine and perhaps why you want to change what, what you hate. We talked about, Mm -hmm. um, so where do people go after that? You know, they've, they've maybe figured out some things they hate and like, but they're not sure what Mm -hmm. the next step is. You know, what, what's the process Mm -hmm. without giving away too much of your secret sauce?
2: (laughs) No, no. I think, um, No, I think all of this is is stuff like people can do on their own, but then at the same time, it's always more powerful to do it like in conversation with someone. Um, So getting clear on like one of the things you talked about was your values. That's a big thing. And a lot of times when you get clear on your values, that is the answer to why you're unhappy. (laughs) Because a lot of times the reason you're unhappy is because the work you're doing is like violating some of your core values. It's not aligning with your core values. And so that's a huge thing. So getting clear on um, your values. I have like five, kind of five things that I have people, five questions I have people answer to help them create clarity. And they're not just like a one question. You know, each question has a lot more components to it, but these are like the general categories. One is why are you unhappy? What is important to you? And so that's getting into your values because your values, like you said, they're like the core of What you believe in what matters to you um like what gets you up in the morning that's they're just like at your core um and then what do you enjoy doing what like sometimes that seems like a ridiculous question we forget that life can be fun work can be fun (laughs) like what makes you happy what do you enjoy doing um and then what are you good at so what are your strengths we all have certain gifts and talents um and when we're not using them we suffer. That is a big cause of another big cause of like discontent is when you feel like you're not really using your strengths. You're just being a robot, going through the motions, going through the tests. When you feel like you're not really being challenged and, and being able to do the things that you are good at, that is a huge reason for unhappiness. Um, and then finally, it's how can you serve the world? Um, and so that gets into like, who do you want to help? What causes matter to you? Um, what, Like, where do you want to contribute? What kind of, like, legacy do you want to leave? And so by answering all of those five questions, you usually have a really good and clear sense of what is next for you? What's the right path for you?
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, I think mm-hmm. – some people will see this and look at it as like hokey on paper, right? You know, like, Oh, what do you believe in it? You know, it's like, I just need a new job. Right. But it, it is mm-hmm. extremely important. I mean, and that's, yeah. it's the fundamentals for finding a new job, whether or not you're a 10 year out doc or you're in residency. Um, and it's not just a job because medicine is a job, right. But mm-hmm. having a, have a longstanding career that you actually enjoy and empower mm-hmm. you is, mm-hmm. is a totally different situation so yeah um, yeah
2: and i would have them question that assumption too like do you really just need a job because you have one so like is right? that really what you need um because if that's if that's all you needed was just an income um you would be fine right now so that's not what you need you need something else
1: yeah no i like that a lot um so you know i think we're running out a little bit of time here but um I, what I wanted to talk about um, is just kind of where to find you and how to get in touch with you. And then um, any kind of final, final points for perhaps the trainee or early career doc out there um, that you can give.
2: Yeah. So I spend a lot of time on Instagram. So my handle is at Coach Chels MD. Um, so you can find me there. I do basically stories every day, lots of trainings, lives, all of that. Um, so tons of free content there. I also have a website um, coachchelsmd.com. And I have tons of blogs and even like stuff about my travels too. So some fun stuff on there as well. Um, there's lots of resources. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the two main places where you can find me. Um, and then, yeah, you said any like final advice. I think it's just the biggest thing. We talked about this at the beginning, but like, don't ignore them. Don't suppress them. (laughs) Don't like rationalize them away. If you're feeling doubts, Whatever it means, you're going to be okay. If it means you really need to leave medicine, if it means you need to like change your practice setting or make some tweaks and stuff, whatever it means, you're going to be okay. But it's important to acknowledge it and lean into it and allow for a little bit of that discomfort that comes with, I don't know what's next, because that can also be fun too. If you watch a movie for the second time, it's not as exciting as watching it the first time when you don't know what's going to happen. So, like, allowing room for some uncertainty.
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, I love it. No, great points. I, uh, again, as usual, I agree with everything you say. So <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, thanks for coming on here with me and talking yeah, to people. Um, if anybody has questions, uh, well, this will be posted under IGTV later. You can post some comments. Um, you can reach Chelsea on here uh, as before and me. And, um, Just you're everybody. You're all okay. It's okay to have doubts. It's okay to leave Mm -hmm. medicine. It's okay to not leave medicine as well. It's okay to say yes. Yeah. (laughs) You'll get there. And if you need some help, reach out to Chelsea or I, and we'll help you get there as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me on here, Andrew.
1: See you, Chelsea. Bye.
0: What a great show. Before we end, don't forget to reach out to Larry Keller of Physician Financial Services for your disability insurance needs. He's been around for a while in many physician communities, helping them with the coverage they need. Find Larry at drpodcastnetwork.com slash Larry Keller. What an amazing episode with Dr. Chelsea Turgeon. We certainly share a lot of the same beliefs and values when it comes to career transition and career strategy. I really enjoyed her sentiment about how it's okay to not feel okay. That's all we have for today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go leave me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share it with two or three of your colleagues. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is follow me on LinkedIn. I'm at my name, Andrew Tisser Dio. That's Andrew T i -S s s e r d o, where I post tons of great career strategy and advice. Remember, if you need any direct help and are dissatisfied with your career and looking to make a change, visit my website at andrewtisserdo.com SS, where you can find my calendar to book a free strategy session to see how I can help you. Until next time, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew tisser Doc LLC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser-Dio, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser-Dio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest's statements and opinions
1: are subject to change without notice.